You're listening to Global Girls Podcast, a virtual classroom and accountability partner for women globally stepping out of old habits while seeking a fresh start in life and business. I'm Latay, Amazon bestselling author, creator of the Money Planner 2.0, and a former drill sergeant turned lifestyle mentor. Each of you have the power to create the life you desire. Join the Global Girls Movement for tips, resources, and accountability to help you make major moves. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Global Girls Podcast. You know what your host, me, Latay, does. I bring you some of the most amazing women out here in my local community as well as countrywide who are doing amazing things, really living their dreams, working it one day at a time, and making an impact not only in their local communities, but also nationwide. So if you hear anything on this podcast today that resonates with you, you know what to do. Go ahead, honey, and tweet at me at Latae L. Davis, or go ahead and comment under the episode. And you know our official hashtag now is what? You Glow Girl, that's you, G-L-O-G-I-R-L. Make sure you put that hashtag in front of it so everybody can know who's a part of the Global Girl Squad. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm certain that the information that you're going to receive from my amazing guest co, my guest expert, and I'm not saying she's amazing just because she's on my podcast. She does a lot in these streets, so it's just I'm just always amazed at everything that she does. My guest today is Christy Johnson. I'm gonna let her tell y'all what her uh, her her moniker or her nickname is. I don't even want to say it's a nickname because now I've just gotten to know her as this person. But she is absolutely amazing, y'all. She has her own podcast, and I will be letting her share that information as well. So I'm just going to stop running my mouth, and I'm going to let Christy Johnson introduce herself to y'all, because trust and believe, boo, you will be seeing a lot of her, so you need to get to know her. Christy, go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay. Thank you. Uh, my name is Christy Johnson. Uh, my, I guess, nickname is Chrississippi, uh, mainly because it, it rhymes in a sense, Christy from Mississippi. And um, I do a lot of things. I'm from, I'm a, of course, a proud resident of Mississippi. I have a podcast called Power Her Podcast with Chrississippi, which Miss Latay was my first uh, guest on the show. Um I have a nonprofit called Community Builders that works with the youth in the southeast region of Mississippi, and also I'm a pageant coach, uh, which my company or brand is called Crown by Christian. And I'm just so excited to be on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, honey. Look, let me tell you something. I am so proud of you and and just the – the I don't even want to say tenacity because I don't know if that's the right word, 
But it is this level of drive in you that I feel like is an amazing motivator for the people who see you and the people around you. And I first want to just ask you, where does that come from? Where, and another thing, y'all, she's focused and she's humble. And she's a chick that's going to share and compliment other women. She's going to share other women's stuff. She's going to, you know, high five. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I see it every day, you sharing something that someone else is hosting or something that some another woman, um, another girl boss out there is doing. I just want to know where does this entrepreneurial spirit come from? I kind of feel like you've probably always been this humble spirit, but that's what I assume. But you share with us and let us know. Yes. So pretty much I come from a background, like my mom's side of the family, they um so humble. Uh, they were sharecroppers. They were educators. They basically were people that, you know, if they could literally give the shirt off their back, they would. Like you still people, uh, my grandmother died two years ago, and there's still people saying, hey, your grandma sold my prom dress for little to nothing. I mean, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, some people wouldn't sell what for free, you know, with, you know, with just no thought about it. It's like, okay, look, I'm a deal. Um, my granddad, which is her husband, they own the, um, basically my grandfather, they own the, um, if anybody from Jackson area is listening, the old kitchen corner store that was like right, it was the student center now at Jackson State, but it was a corner store and a, as well as a gas station and, and uh, like a tire place. They will always help people out in the community. And I think that's kind of where that drive of just wanting to give to people, you know, without any thoughts of getting some back. Because at the end of the day, the glory is not going to come from something physical. It's going to be something that, you know, within yourself spiritually. Um, and it's just, if any higher being, all of it says something about giving and doing good for others. So I think that's kind of where that came from because I saw it, and I guess it was embedded. And then it's like now I just, for some weird reason, I just started figuring out how I could give back to other people without, you know, just saying, ah, well, based off of your background, no, it's literally all me. Like everything I pretty much do is literally like one of those situations I'm like, okay, well, look. Girl, you need people to come because I know how hard it is for people to show up to my event. Okay, I'm going to repost. Because, I mean, hey, I'm not in the area, but somebody else might be in the area. So that's, like, a big thing to me. Um, as far as, like, business, I really don't know. I'm not even going to lie to you. I think it's just the passion that I have to help others, that's kind of what drove me to do the, those three things that I have which they're a part of me is just people are learning, like, oh, well, you know, she used to do pageants. Oh, okay, how does having a podcast have to do with that? Well, my platform always talks about helping others and inspiring people. Community builders were always something I always did because I was wanting to work with kids. And as far as the pageant stuff, which is something that I love, um, I love training other girls because, I mean, at the end of the day, we, 
I, I guess I look at it as like we need to have more queens that look like us to represent us because nobody can, no one can represent us better than us. So, you know, I just always thought it's just pushing someone else to make, you know, their dreams come true. I love that. And, you know, you talked about um, so many things in there. You shared about your various platforms. Today was uh, the state of Mississippi's day to go out and vote. Um, yes. We cast our ballot for a variety of positions, one um, on a national scale and in our local, on a local level. One of the things that one of my classmates um, inboxed me, and this is kind of off, but I think it. I think when you say nobody can represent us better than us, um, mm-hmm. is that because Mississippi is a Republican state, um, mm-hmm. he wasn't going to go and vote because he didn't feel like his vote would matter. And um, so, you know, I, I sat back in my seat for a minute, uh-huh. and I, um, I, I think that one is still kind of resonating with me. Um, so when you're out in the community and you, you interact with so many different people, when you talk about your family and, you know, in the past and being sharecroppers and being entrepreneurs, which I'm pretty certain that opening up a business at the time that um, your grandfather, I think it is, you said, opened up his business. It wasn't even as easy as it is now. Um, what, what do you think, if you could give people one message about voting, and, and just so we can have that, more people go out and vote. I really don't even, I'm going to be honest, I don't even care which mm-hmm. way you vote. I just want you to use the free right that you have. Like, exactly. That's it. Exactly. I don't even care which way you vote. Exactly. I just want people to think they got involved. What can you just tell people in one or two sentences about the importance of the right to vote from your perspective? Or is it important from your perspective? Just the fact that, like like you said, that we were, um, I mean, okay, I'll say this. It was my grandfather's business. But I'm a, this is going to be interesting within itself. My grandfather is 100. He'll be 102 next month. Come on, granddaddy. Yes. And if he can can get up and vote, and he does do absentee now. So we even figured out, okay, we can't get you to the polls. Well, we're going to get you absentee. And if him at 102 can watch the news and tell us everything that's going on and say what's right, what's wrong, and everything else and still vote, why can't? able-bodied individuals that can literally get in a car and go on their own bend to go and vote. Because there's so many different options. You don't have to Why, is, why, why is it important to him, Christy, to vote? Has he ever just told you why he makes sure he votes at 102 oh. or when he was 93 or 88? Like, has he ever shared with you why he, find, he makes sure he votes? Well, he's a veteran. Um, so he, you know, what he always says, and sometimes he, sometimes it's kind of difficult at times because he still says colored. So, yeah, yeah. it's like the idea that, you know, it's a given, right? And if him, you know, he talks about his time, his war time. He talks about how it was difficult that they were pretty much separated, even fighting for the country. So, he, you know, his thing is, look, I, I look, if I can do, y'all can do it. 
Amen. So. All right, granddaddy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he's so laid back. Shout out. <laughs> yes, he's so laid back oh, because even when he goes to the VA, he says people always want to shake his hand and ask him how, how, uh, how is it that you live so long? And he's yeah. like, because I mind my business. Okay. So you know what? Like, Our folks have the best. They have the best basic sayings, don't they? Be like, how you yeah. live so long? Cause I I I you I don't know I, I you know they always got I'm telling you other Mississippi folk if y'all want to know some real the, the real tips y'all need yeah. to about it from the south baby <laughs> he, yeah. just, he just minds his business he just minds his so, I know so as an go ahead oh I was just I was just gonna just piggyback off what you said is like you know because I guess because so many of us worry about so many different things. And crazily, some of the stuff that we're complaining about if we go and vote, we you got a voice. It, it, this is the moment, you know. I mean, you have to hold these people accountable, even if it's somebody in position that you don't agree with. You have to hold those individuals accountable. And, you know, I just just to put a, a button in it, and I, I hope these people are listening, um, and this, I hope, resonates with people even outside of the state of Mississippi. You know, we just mm-hmm. had this huge thing where we had people coming to our state because of the conditions and the deaths within the Mississippi prisons, right? And so, yeah. I, I, you know, for me, it was hard for me today to recognize that even, even men of my race would not get up and vote even though they are able to vote when we know that in the incarceration rate, especially um, with African-American men, is so high. And you see, mm-hmm. you saw the videos. You, we, we saw the videos. And if that did not push people to get up and vote one way or the other, I don't care the way you vote. I just want you to get up and vote. It, it, it says that there's what will it take, right? So I yeah. wanted to ask you, too, what are you focused on as an entrepreneur and a leader? What is What impact are you looking to make within the state of Mississippi and nationwide? I, I, because I... You know, I think that what you do resonates outside of our state. What was your focus? What what is what is your impact that you hope to make? Just getting mainly two things: uh, getting people aware, especially the school to prison pipeline, because it's so it's it's still real. Uh, because you know, especially with the zero tolerance policies or different policies that the state makes, especially dealing with our kids and education, because it's like. People try to, you know, downplay sometimes education, saying, "Well, you don't need education to do anything." But to make it K through twelve, you need some, you need adequate education to at least be able to manage and do the things you want to do. So even if you just get basic K through twelve, and if you do decide to do a trade, great. If you decide to go to a four year college, great. If you decide to be an entrepreneur, you still need a K through twelve to make it. So some people don't make it through K through 12. Some people actually drop out, and once they drop out, it becomes all of these lists of problems that, you know, it, it's like, okay, we, we pretty much lost some people along the way. So it kind of goes back to, like, what you were mentioning, you know, about the prisons. The prisons wouldn't be full if we looked at, which is there various reasons, but some of the reasons is, more than likely, somebody was 
just basically knocked on the waistline. Nobody paid attention to them. They dropped out or whatever the case may be. So if we could just get these youth involved and understand that there's more to life than X, Y, and Z or just trying to keep them afloat. So education is one big thing. And the other one is mental health because a lot of people are suffering from undiagnosed mental health issues or concerns that are going on, but nobody's, like, trying to go get, you know, trying to see a therapist or trying to understand why, you know, this this particular illness is taking place or even just if they are diagnosed, continuing med- medication or the correct medication or just being educated on what this is because it's so many different ways that a person can develop a mental illness than just heredity or just, I mean, experiences can actually create a mental health concern. So it's, those two things are very important to me, is education and mental health. I think those are really two important things that um, definitely affect our state and affect our um, our children, even as they grow up and move into uh, the workforce. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about, you know, we just spoke about the voting. And I don't think that people recognize nor are willing to really look at the, the, the voting as a holistic approach um, because mm-hmm. your vote within your local community does at that point, to me, in my opinion, affect the, um, the aura or the, or, the, or the essence of the city, right? So if you have a district attorney, you don't go out and you don't vote, and you have a district, district attorney in a position um, where their, um, you know, where the rates for them, conviction rates are really high, for certain demographics of people, um, and the chart, the, the sentences are exponentially high for mm-hmm. a certain demographic of people. Then, when your son's brother, daughter, uncle, cousin gets arrested for maybe you know ha- having drunk driving or maybe having a small amount of uh, um, you know drugs on them or something like that, and then they get mm-hmm. this high sentence. You know, you have to look at the fact that you didn't show up to vote. And then you, we, we have issues within the judicial system, and yet we're so caught up on the fact that we're looking at voting from a national scale that we're not even paying attention to how, those lo- how the local elections that, are in- that were included um, today on my ballot um, affect mm-hmm. as well the way your city runs. And so you see instances of where was it the six-year-old little girl who was being escorted out of the school with hands mm-hmm. uh, with the hip ties being taken down to the state. to the to, to, I, If I was a police officer, I wouldn't even want a minor that small in my custody, like without uh, exactly. somebody there with me. You know, and so we see these instances, we get mad, and then there's no follow-through. And the simple follow-through to me, the follow-through that causes no judgment, no reverb, if you just don't tell people how you voted, if you, you know, you keep that to yourself, it's a private Mm -hmm. act. And so I think all of that's important, even in the schools, when you're talking about mental illness and you're talking about adults who then have mental illness, what is the, what is the access to health care like, right? And mm-hmm. if, you're not, if you're not getting up and voting, 
then the way it's been going is comfortable for those who are in power, right? How do you change mm-hmm. something if you don't shift it? So I, I'm, I'm telling you, you, you know, I think that both of those are absolutely um, amazing. If anyone wants to reach out um, to work with Christy um, in both of those areas of um, prison to pipe, I mean school to pipe, pipe School to prison pipeline, which mm-hmm. is so embedded in the the the, the system itself, <laughs> um, and that goes again with the lack of quality education too. Um, I think that mm-hmm. the education and the quality of education is also a part of the whole school to prison pipeline, um, as well as mental illness. If you want to work with her on that, if you want to have her as a guest. Um, if you want to talk with her, then she's going to provide you with how you can connect with her at the end of this episode, so make sure you stay tuned in. Um, one of the other things on a lighter note um, mm-hmm. is that you were or you still are, I think you said you're looking at going back in, but you are a beauty t- um, beauty pageant contestant as well mm-hmm. as a judge. Um, we've had some, you know, we've had some great, uh, accolades and things to clap about, I think, in a lot of the pageants in 2019, what do you think, um, what impact has the industry had on you, and why do you believe others should participate? Um, I think that, like, with pageants now, which is really, really great, um, we had what, four queens, all African-American females, um, represent an internationally and national and state, come to think about it, because uh, this state, you know, Asia uh, actually represented Mississippi twice in two systems. So um, seeing her, um, seeing Miss USA, Chelsea, seeing Miss Universe, Miss Team USA, and Miss America. Um, so just to see those young ladies walk the stage gracefully, answer questions in a very intelligent manner, and to actually see them wear their natural hair, because that was another thing, um, that's like in the pageant culture, it was always that straight hair um, couldn't be cur- like really curly or bushy or even short. So, and then their hues, their different skin tones, it wasn't closer to white or, you know, it, it wasn't like where it had to fit this European standard. It was actually them naturally being them and then their their intelligence. So I think that said a lot, especially for young women like myself who at one point it was almost where it was out of insult, but there was intimidation that would typically happen in the interview room, which is like the first step almost in the competition process that, you know, if you got a degree or if you're working on, if you got a bachelor's but you're working on a master's or your aspiration is to go beyond a bachelor's degree or even high school diploma, it was a woman of color. Now, this is just from my experience. I'm not sure if anybody else dealt with it, but more than likely they did. It was almost as if you thought that, like, it was, it was kind of question, is this above you? Or, you know, why are you here? It was always kind of a question of existence um, or trying to fit in. I, I attended the HBCU and the pageant culture, especially in the mainstream, which I'm so happy this 
has changed, it was like, okay, you're from HBCU, what you know about this system? Um, even in this state, there is no HBCU queens actually competing in Miss America. There's the uh, historically white colleges that actually sent contestants, um, but none of the HBCUs actually sent a queen to represent their school. It has never happened, except for Oklahoma Community College, uh, which is a historically black community college in Mississippi. But, like, Russ, Tulu, Jackson State, Alcorn, Valley, no. There's never been a representative from those. that There have been students from that school, but there has not been an actual representative to compete in the Miss America. So um, that's just a challenge if anybody is listening and would like to challenge your school to do so. But it, to me, it's like it, it's, it's a very great moment. I can't even take away from it. It's literally a great moment. I think that more girls would be wanting to be a little bit more involved. Or even those who probably kind of like set out due to those experiences that they had might be like, you know what, I think now they're kind of ready for it. You know, now they're kind of a little bit open to us um, compared to before trying to break the barriers or, you know, choosing to which there are black systems. It's not taken away from the black systems. It actually motivates them to also look at mainstream systems and not be, you know, wanting to be comfortable and just saying, I was being this black, you know, whatever. I, I really appreciate the fact that you went through your experience as well as your knowledge of the other HBCUs who have not sent a representative because I think um, this is a great time for that. And what I hear from you is something that I think a lot of us, young and old, can definitely take from it. And it, if, you, if you've never seen it, it's time for you to create it, right? Mm-hmm. If you've never seen it, you have to be the one to create it. And understand that when you attempt to create it, you may hear some false yeses, where they're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then they never show up for you the way they, they should, you keep going. Mm-hmm. You probably will hear some no's, and you keep going because that is blazing a trail and creating something that you know is necessary um, but is going to be difficult to create. And I think, you know, even when you talk about your impact in the state of Mississippi with um, the school-to-prison pipeline as well as mental health, it's like, okay, I'm pretty sure there's been times when somebody was like, okay, why are you here? Well, well, okay, and Mm -hmm. what do you want to know about that? And what are your credentials? And why do you care? And who sent you? And why, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, ho, 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 ho. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just, look, if I had a chosen assignment, I might not be doing it, but God just gave it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, Um, but I'm pretty sure that even through all of that, you still you still continue to push forward. Now, I also know that you also coach. Can you share with the listeners about your your, your what you're doing as far as coaching? Let them know the business name. And she also has her online. It's an online boutique right now, right? Yeah, I'm working on the little <laughs> mini boutique. Yeah, so we want to know. We want to know because if I'm not mistaken, you were saying that you would have dresses or Christy, tell folks 
girl, let them know about the coaching and all of that beautiful lane okay. of what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so with Crown Box City, um, which I wanted to be basically a one-stop, like, pageant shop for girls um, because I noticed even with coaching that a lot of the girls, they're competing. Like, they sign up for a pageant. First thing, they're like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? I have the paperwork. I really don't have a dress. I don't have um, proper interview clothing. I don't have this and that. So I decided to, I first started out just coaching girls and helping even with pageants, um, especially like with the fraternity pageants at the colleges, to kind of help the guys out. Because, of course, guys don't know about pageants. So just me coming in and motivating the girls and, you know, even maybe looking at some things that they kind of got going on, how to make the actual pageant flow, um, which is always great for me because I love pageants. So with the coaching, just recently, um, I kept, again, I kept noticing there were girls having issues with finding pieces to wear. I have a whole bunch of dresses in my closet, and I really need to get rid of them. But I just decided, okay, I'm going to just make a rental ordeal where I, you know, find a cleaner. You know, if girls want to rent a dress from me, they can alter it how they want to or whatever um, to wear because gowns are expensive. And it's very intimidating if you don't have the funds. You know, you want to compete. You want to have a great time. But you might not have the funds for the gown and the application fee. You might not have or you might have half for the gown and half for the application fee, but you have to figure out how to fundraise, which can really be sometimes a stressor when preparing for pageants. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to make this thing happen to upgrade my services, create a mini boutique where girls can get shoes, they can rent dresses, um, which I'm also working on how I can purchase some, which I've been kind of studying with, like, buying pieces, um, so that, you know, if everybody may be a little bit smaller or a little bit larger, at least they'll be taken care of. The interview pieces, because you, with pageant interviews, they're a little extra in some senses based off your system that you're competing in, how extra it can be. So it's no longer the pantsuit or the basic, you know, suit at the store. They actually come with it. Sometimes it's custom pieces. Sometimes the girls are coming. I mean, they come with it. So I just want to, you know, be that assistant at a very reasonable price, and they don't have to go out and try to spend a whole bunch of money, even with shoes, because a lot of girls don't know the proper shoes to wear um, or how to make it affordable for them that they don't have to buy multiple shoes and things like that. So just to kind of, you know, release some of the stress off of the process a little bit. And also, um I decided to focus on dresses for another reason because, and there's nothing against some dress shops, some are amazing. You know, they are very helpful, custom services, wonderful. But in some instances, especially with our plus-size females when it comes to gowns, which I'm happy they're kind of a little bit open to now, but at one point if you had hips, basically your gown choices were very slim. Or they the gown because of how a lot of us are shaped. A lot of people are coat bottles, or you know they're very voluptuous. So it was difficult to find a size that fit the entire body without it being super big and you have to alter it and things like that. 
So I just wanted to be that assistant by, you know, hey, they could buy for me or they don't. But I'm hoping that they do, and I'm hoping that they can get, like, a full experience with not just coaching but actually some clothing, you know, that they can purchase and wear or rent if it's a gown or shoes or earrings to go with their dress. And so when it comes to the coaching part of that, do you coach the young lady through that process of what dress to wear, what will look best? Mm-hmm. So um, basically I coach them from A to Z. I actually prefer um, when they call me and we do a consultation. During the first consultation, I'm looking over paperwork because um, most systems look, either they look alike, they may be on the same platform as another system, or it's your mainstream, but I kind of already know um, just from one, either myself that's competing in it or I prep somebody for that same system of how things look or go. So we talk about that. We talk about, you know, their wardrobe styles or what they need help with um, from interview to um, walking for their different categories. I don't do too much with talent because I, basically I was trained to position the, the talent that I did, but I know people that, you know, for singing, dancing, I know somebody um, that can assist them. I could judge it based off of from from sitting in the judge's seat, but as far as, like, training them on what to do, talent is kind of one of those I get someone else in that assists me with. But as far as all the walking, interview, on-face question, introduction, all of that, giving helpful tips, what to wear, how to wear their hair, how to wear their makeup, the best options. Um, to look at, I'm that go-to person because I just love pageants. I mean, um, especially question and answer is always my favorite because I'm a thinker, and I'm really good with writing questions. And most times, which has been a lot often, uh, when I do give them, like, different questions to practice on, they either have the same, that exact same question or a question like they either seen it as an on-stage question or they've seen it in the interview room. I think that that's real, really, really good. Um, for remember, moms, if you're listening, dads, uncles, grandparents, aunties, <laughs> um, someone else who's interested in being in a pageant. Um, I th- you look, we don't have to go trying to figure out stuff on our own and making yeah. mistakes that if we had connected with someone who knows about that industry, knows about those stages, understands what the judges are looking for. And to me, to be honest with you, um, I I suggest that you reach out to Christy Johnson um, if you're thinking about participating in a pageant or if you've already committed to a pageant and you're really needing some guidance. Because in my opinion, you're going to save yourself a lot of money in the end by getting somebody who's going to help you choose the right, right wardrobe, you know, help you figure out what your, you know, your, your, your cadence is going to be when you're on stage, when you're speaking. How do you answer questions? What posture do you, do you need to have? Um, and so those are the things that, you know, really take some, I think, honing and refining. And definitely Christy um, is going to be the person that you want to go to to help you do that. I know we're near the end of our episode, and I've just, man, we've talked about 
we talked about a little of everything <laughs> on, yes. um, <laughs> on this episode. Um, the one thing that I wanted to ask you is mm-hmm. what is your main goal for this year? And um, can you take me through briefly um, if you have created that process um, of what, how are you going to achieve that goal? Okay. Lately, it's been a year of reboot, um, reboot and regroup. It, I know it's, it rhymes. Um, one reboot is because, like, I, my nonprofit is actually we kind of change things around and make it more focused in like one area instead of a lot of different areas. So um, me and my team actually am in the process of like figuring out. Okay, well, we have we actually already wrote it down how we want to walk through it this year, and we're actually preparing for next year. Instead of trying to prepare for it at the same time, we're like, okay, this time next year, this is where we should be. Um, and as far as regroup, is for coaching because I wanted to add different services on because I knew that, you know, coaching is great, but if your girl is struggling trying to find wardrobe, it's kind of like the experiences. I mean, they're going to be strict. So I wanted to at least try to alleviate that stress by creating extra services on to, you know, fit their needs. Um, So I'm kind of adding things, learning things um, in different trainings. Actually, another area is actually going to be added to the coaching. Um, New things is added on to the nonprofit. So it's kind of like, I'm working through both at the same time. Um, even with community builders, we're actually about to put on a um, a little tour to work with youth groups so that we can talk about different topics, topics pertaining to them, which in the long scale, we're actually working through a bigger program that will happen next year. So it's kind of um, how I look at it. It's like, okay, here, this is what we want to do, but let's try to put dates on this thing. Let's try to figure out, okay, if this doesn't happen by this date, then we need to reevaluate or look at where we are. So I can say, like I said, 2020 is a regroup or reboot year for me. And so one of the things that um, I think is really important for all entrepreneurs out there to think about is at this point, um, you know, when I first started um, back probably in October of 2019, it was 2020 vision, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I actually, once I started into my 45 days of Gary V, which is a self-imposed thing I did to myself, which ends on April 1st, um, mm-hmm. I realized that for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's not so much about the year. It's just about action, and it's about doing it. And so if you are, this is March 10th, if you are in a space where you, you're feeling like you haven't accomplished much yet, um, everything you set out to do by the first quarter of the year you haven't done, then it may be a time for you to kind of sit back and um, kind of do exactly what Christy and her team have done, um, which is, re, you know, reboot a little bit. Just say, okay, let me, let me just start over. Don't feel bad that you have to start over. Don't. Yes. I, I would prefer for you to start over and, and, and take your time. If that's a month, if that's 90 days, if that's a whole year, then it takes time. 
than to be sitting up here losing your confidence, pulling your hair out, stressing yourself, and feeling like mm-hmm. you're not you're not valid in your industry space because you keep trying to create something that it, it just isn't feeling right and it isn't going right, right? And so even when you regroup, you know, you, you say, you know what, I just need, I, I need to find that thing again or I need to find what defines me, you know, and I had to do that. And I just had to say, you know, I see people out here who, who speak eloquently. I'm from the South. I'm in the South now. This is how I speak. You know, I, I'll mm-hmm. practice and maybe I won't say good or her every now and then, but this is how I speak. <laughs> I love music. Um, I grew up on music. I used to sit and listen to Casey Casey's, Casey Kasem's Top 40 every single Sunday in my bedroom with my, my big radio, my box. And I don't know why I would do this, but I would write down every single song every Sunday. It was like a ritual for me. I love music. I love all kinds of music. So, you know, the thing is, is that it's really about being authentic to who you are being authentic to the people around you and then saying, I need to be authentic. I need to be true to who I am. Those who are going to love me are going to love me. Those who are going to get it are going to get it. Those who don't get it will probably sit back and troll or watch it for 60, 90 days and then say, okay, I get it. Let me let me reach out. And so I think it's really great mm-hmm. for you to be doing the, the, the school tour, reaching out to the youth because it's such a big part of your platform. Um, so if you see that and you see community, uh, I want to say community builders, right? Yes. Yes. Coming into your community, then you definitely want to reach out to Christy Johnson and say, hey, how can I support? Do you need volunteers? Do you need people to help share, to spread the word? Do you need someone to help uh, communicate and, and, and speak to the youth? Then that's amazing. Right now, are you, I know that you definitely on Facebook because I'm always loving mm-hmm. and liking and sharing and commenting, but can mm-hmm. you please share with everyone how they can communicate with you, how they can stay up on what it is you've got going on, and how they can reach out to you if they want to know more about you or your platform? Sure. Um, my Facebook is Christy D. Johnson. It's K-R-I-S-T-Y D. Johnson. Um, my Pages on Facebook is Crowned by Christy with the K. Community Builders, of course, with the K. And Empower Her, E M P O W H E R, her podcast with Christy Tippy uh, on Facebook. Instagram, uh, Empower Her Podcast. My personal Instagram is Mississippi, but it's one on the first I, and then Crown by Christy is the other Instagram page, and that's for my coaching. So, um, and on luckily on Instagram, I wish Facebook did this as well. Um, I have a link tree, so even if you add me on one of those pages, you're if you go on the link tree, you're actually able to sign up for the um, Pink Lemonade Tour if you do have a youth group. You're able to listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts because it sends it's a direct link there. Or if you want to sign up for coaching, which I also do in person and virtual coaching. Okay, so she done stepped and she done told you every which way now. You she she is there with you every single way that you can connect with her. And look, I mean, she's just shared so much. She's talked about the pageant. She's talked about everything. So before I end this podcast, I think it's only right 
that we end, or I at least segue to the end with a little bit of this. Yes. Okay, then. So let me tell you right now, honey, you need to listen. If you popped in and you popped out of the episode, make sure that you listen to the full episode. We talked about everything from school to prison pipeline all the way down to how you can get you a dress on the low so that you can compete in these pageants. I am so grateful to you, Christy Crispy. Wait a minute. Say it for me so I can say it right. Mississippi. Yes. Johnson. She's got the pink lemonade tour. She's got community builders, man. She's got Christie's closet, honey. She is doing so much within the with our youth and mental illness and I mean, just doing so much, and then she still somehow finds enough time for herself. Congratulations to you for doing everything that you are doing. She shared how you can reach out and connect with her. She is definitely a a Mississippi trailblazer that you definitely want to reach out to. She is now an official Global Girls member. And we all know, honey, that girls run the world. So let me tell you, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much, Christy, for being an expert. And uh, y'all know y'all know what time it is, baby. You know what I always tell you at the end. It is not about you proving the haters wrong, boo, but it's all about <laughs> you proving yourself right. Until next time, God bless, and you glow girl, no matter what, because you run the world. God bless everybody. Bye-bye.